Hello everyone and welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast. It's slightly different this week, Freddie. Uh, this is the first episode Freddie hasn't been on, I don't think, in 87... Well, this is our 87th episode and sadly he's not here. He's on, he's on a bit of a break, which is fair enough because, you know, summer, you know, it's raining. Uh, but don't worry because we've got myself and Adam Dickinson who's made with the Winging It F1 podcast go global by heading to America... <laughs> Uh, how are you finding it over there, Adam? You've been there for a few days whilst we're recording this. How, how, how's it all been? Yeah, it's been really good. I've really liked it so far. It's kind of, I mean, I was saying to Nigel before we started that I'd spent quite an obscene amount of time on Google Maps and images and looking at it all. So it feels a bit more familiar than um, it might have. I went shopping and that was the weirdest thing. So I've got to like translate all of the American products into English, but they're already in English, but it's not English, English. So that's been, <laughs> that's probably the most difficult thing so far. Um, but no, I'm really, really enjoying it. And it's like, it's raining at the moment, but hopefully I'll, I'll stop at some point and then I can go out. But yeah, liking it. And my room's like, not, I've not fully unpacked yet because I went to a like Freshers Fair type thing yesterday and got about a million pens. So. <laughs> You're only going to use about two. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I might need the other million minus two, so. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, from this, it looks like you could be anywhere in the world. You could be anywhere from, mm. like, China to Australia to America. <laughs> so I can be in North Korea because I wouldn't have the Wi-Fi access. But, yeah, <laughs> apart from that, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I kind of yeah. thought that as I was doing I put an American football up there, but I didn't, um, <laughs> didn't realise that my body would be blocking it. So there we go. Um, yeah, yeah I, I kind of realised that as I was like coming on here. But hey-ho, there's a fan in the background or like up there. So I guess that shows that I'm somewhere with a fan. Yeah. So if there's a place that fans haven't been invented yet, then that puts that up the list. They are. That fan is a fan of our podcast, just like our listeners right now. <laughs> uh, we... I'm going to talk about F1, obviously, because uh, we are an F1 podcast. Uh, I guess the first big news, that was a great segue. The first big news is that Suzuka has been cancelled, just like Canada's second year in a row, where F1's not going to go to Japan. I guess it means if you are in the UK or Europe, you don't have to get up at 5am. That's the one plus America. Or America at like midnight or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but it is a great track, and it's you know Honda's last year as well. It probably would have been nice if they had a home event with Red Bull and Alpha Tauri. Disappointed to see it go, Adam. Yeah, definitely. Apart from the time zone thing, but other than that, yeah, I think, like you say, it's a fantastic track, and a lot like Canada, it's just it's a real shame for it to miss two years as well. Like you know, now it kind of feels a bit like we are getting out of the pandemic and. Obviously, it's a lot later in the year as well than Canada would have been. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a really massive shame. And, you know, Japan's such a massive fan base for F1 and such a passionate fan base for F1 as well. And, you know, whether or not fans, I imagine if they're in the situation of cancelling it, then fans wouldn't have been able to actually attend. But just having F1 in the country is, you know, still still a massive thing. And, you know, I'm sure, sure it will be back. And I guess it will make next year's Japanese Grand Prix like bigger than ever. But... You know, that's not really that's not really much of a consolation. I think it's a shame for it to to go. And also, you know, it's a it's a good track for racing. It's you know, and it would have been interesting to see the um Red Bull and Mercedes battle there as well. And now we won't. So yeah, I think really, really disappointed with that. Yeah. And yeah, not 
Mm, not, not, not much anyone can do. But I mean, it's just a situation, yeah. isn't it? I mean, there, there was hope because the Olympics happened and the Paralympics mm. will be taking place next year, uh, next week, sorry. So, but it's just money, I guess. <laughs> it's just coming to it in terms of those two going ahead, maybe. But, yeah. Mm. yeah, it's kind of seemed weak considering they've had the Olympics and like, you know, thousands of, of athletes and staff yeah. coming from coming from all over the world and then you've got like 20 drivers and associated teams coming you know which will absolutely dwarf the um you know what happened for the olympics and um you know it's all kind of taking place within one contained area so yeah it seems you know i guess the olympics was much more binding contract really which Mm. you know i don't know whether that's kind of the reason that it went ahead because i know there was a lot of opposition to the olympics (laughs) taking place in japan but yeah, it, it kind of seems like a bit of a kick in the teeth for that, but you know, it's yeah, it, it, it is what it is, and we'll just move on. There's still, you know, Turkey, Cota, um, and Sao Paulo in the mm. three three out of four races before then. So you know, it's there's still it's a lot of decent tracks coming up. Yeah. So at the moment, there's only uh, well, we're down to eleven rounds rather than twelve. But there's a, a lot of uncertainty, and I mean a lot, because Turkey's on the red list. Mm. USA, I've read that the Texas and Austin COVID cases uh, are not great at the moment. They've, there's been a bit of a surge there, and I'm pretty sure I read that from a, someone who was going to go to the US Grand Prix that there won't be a second race there, because there was talk about that. If they, if they do go, there will only be one, I think. Uh, so, And if America doesn't happen... That puts Mexico in jeopardy. Brazil is just a bit mad with COVID. Yeah. So then we could potentially have a season a bit like last year where we have, I don't know, Qatar could come into it, Bahrain out. Five, five rounds in Bahrain. Yeah, five rounds in Bahrain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's just a lot of uncertainty, which isn't great for anyone, including the championship, because there's mm. so many implications for it. Mm. I mean, I guess... The flip, you know, I, I agree it's not a positive for anyone, but, you know, I guess the flip side is it kind of puts the teams on their toes a bit more, which, yeah. you know, isn't great for them. But, you know, it will kind of add another dynamic into the championship of, you know, there's a bit less kind of seems like one of the biggest criticisms F1 is kind of how um, now it's able to be so planned and teams know exactly kind of what to expect. And it's only when you throw something different, like, you know, rain or different track surface like there was in Turkey last year or, yeah. whatever into the mix that um you know that that it does you know get a bit more exciting so i don't know whether you know that will be the case for this mm. you know as i say it's not kind of it's not the way we want it to happen but you know i guess maybe that's just the one one maybe small consolation that that might come from all of this but yeah yeah we'll just have to yeah. just have to see how it all goes I mean, MotoGP, the Malaysian Grand Prix, so Pang, that's been cancelled. So, unfortunately, Adam, your favourite track, I don't, I don't think there's any chance F1 could go there. What do I you think, think it's never going to go back. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, <laughs> what, 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 do you, what do you think will happen and what would you like to see? I, I guess those are two very different questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bahrain Alta, Bahrain Endurance, the short Bahrain <laughs> the game. Um, no, I think, I want to see Bahrain Alta come back like I don't I don't know whether I want it to be a permanent fixture on the calendar because it is quite like basic I guess but you know it was it was really fun last year so hopefully you know that'd be quite fun I guess I don't know what kind of are the options within Europe and it's quite late Mm. 
it's quite late in the year. I, I guess think it's the same as last year in the Jello. Mm. Then yeah, I think there's one in. Was it Hareff was talked about last year? Didn't go, but that was definitely mm. on the card. Oh, Hockenheim as well. Hockenheim, yeah, Nurburgring, yeah, those are options. Yeah, but but if, you were of... gonna, if you were going to go, you'd have to go in October. You couldn't go in November. Well, that, sure. that's the thing. So obviously, Japan is the twenty first of November, and the um, the three um, Americas races are kind of in the month before that, mm. from the twenty fourth of October onwards. So it's, I think, you know, that will make European racing a bit more difficult. Um, so, I mean, obviously it depends kind of how many, how many circuits are canned as well. Um, so if Turkey goes, that's at the start of October, then there could be a German race yeah. coming in. Um, we could get a double header in Sochi perhaps. <laughs> they just do like, do the second one backwards or something. I don't know, <laughs> Chainbear did a big video about that last year, but like, <laughs> it's how mix it up a bit. Um, I mean, I think, I don't know, it feels like that's possible because, you know, being popular, but I guess there would be a race on how much of a race it'd be, we don't yeah. know. But yeah, I think it'll be that and whether Qatar will come in, I think, again, that'll be wildly unpopular, but yeah, I, I, they, I think it all hangs on whether USA happens. Mm. If it does, I think Mexico, Brazil, there's a good chance, but if it doesn't happen to USA, then any anything, any races or any events could happen, I think. I think if those three go, they might not, or they probably won't replace all of them. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll just yeah. be they'll take out the leg, and then I don't know whether they'd have like a break or they just put one in. So you'd effectively have kind of three races over, yeah, what like six weeks or so, five weeks. Um, it should be just about like in the olden days when we started watching, where it was pretty much a two week break every. Whereas it's not here. Yeah, in 1953, it was like two <laughs> two months between them. No, but kind of you know going back to the like having just two weeks between yeah. them. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably. That'll be around what happens, but yeah, it's kind of because then they'll be in the Middle East for Jeddah, so it kind of makes sense to replace Japan with Bahrain, a different mm. Bahrain layout. Um, and after that, you know, it's kind of whatever. It just depends massively on the time scale and where, where the how many races go and which month they're in. Because yeah, like we said, it's you can't have the Nurburgring in November. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, it all it will make it difficult for Red Bull in particular, who will need to decide <laughs> where to take Max Verstappen's and Sergio Perez's grid penalty. Christian Horner has said that there's a, that that there's high, that there's a high chance that Verstappen will take a grid penalty. It's probably going to happen because I don't think he can do eleven races with one engine. If you're Red Bull, where would you be looking at making that engine change and starting towards the back or at the back? Maybe Kota. Kota. It'd be quite quite long to go to what, Hungary, Belgium. Oh, Hungary's happened. <laughs> no, but I mean on the. On oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Hungary, Belgium, Zandvoort, Monza, Sochi, Turkey. I guess that's doable. Um, yeah. I think maybe that, and then you'd have a fresh race. Um, but again, like it kind of depends if those races happen or not, because if they don't happen then you know you'd be getting like maybe three or four races out of the new engine which is a bit you know and you'd be potentially well if Bahrain Alta came in then that you know yeah. that wouldn't be a great one with 
No, actually it would because you'd have a fresh engine and the and a kind of relatively easy circuit to overtake on. Um, yeah, Perez 20th to 1st last year. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but yeah, you kind of look in and obviously Belgium ones are, um, Sochi's got a fair bit of straights and um, Istanbul likewise is, you know, a bit more of a power heavy circuit. So I think those are all out. So yeah, it's kind of, he's not going to take it in Zandvoort because that'd be, you yeah, know, too exactly. early to, to make the switch. And Zandvoort's probably the best track out of the tracks left. Yeah. It's probably Zandvoort or Jeddah that would be the best to, um, yeah. So it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's kind of difficult to. I, I would choose Sochi personally. That might okay. be an unusual choice. Uh, he, he did it in 2018, I think. He started at the back, came flying through. I think he was up to fifth after halfway through the race. He also led the race for a bit because uh, mm. he didn't pit and everyone else did. So he was flying in that. So even though it's not a track, you'd think, oh, it's easy to overtake. He managed to do it in 2018 when uh, Red Bull probably had the second or third fastest car that year. Mm. So well, I think look- this year, uh, that's that's what I would choose because I think, like you said, Belgium's Antwerp's a bit too early, plus loads mm. of Dutch fans. Monza... I guess that would be my second choice. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think with um, with Sochi as well, look at Hamilton last year and he came back through to third. I know it was a bit more of an uncompetitive field compared to the Mercedes than there would be this year with the Red Bull. Um, but, yeah, I guess maybe maybe Monza actually would be would be pretty mm. good. Um, I was thinking, they got the sprint call fight Monza. So, would he take the grid penalty for the sprint? Qualified on the actual race. No, it'd be for the race because yeah. the because it's like fairly speaking, but the qualifying is like the qualifying that sets yeah. the grid. So we do the do the race and then get put back. So yeah, I think I think yeah, maybe Monza would be would be quite yeah. a good one as well. But... well the Monza's a short race, isn't it? It's like because of the high average speed, it's only like one hour fifteen. So compared mm. to races, well, which are... it wasn't last year, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I think mm, having a new engine there would be good as well, though. True, you know, yeah. kind of, uh, so yeah, I think that's actually if they don't cancel the American leg in Turkey, then that's probably sorry. If they do cancel it, yeah. then that would be the one I'd go for. If they don't, then I reckon Kota would be quite good, and then get a refreshed engine for the kind of last six or seven rounds of the season. Mm. Yeah, and Charles Leclerc of Ferrari, I think Ferrari have said that he's going to have to take a grid penalty at some point this year as well due to uh, the carnage with Stroll and Bottas, uh, what they caused in Hungary. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to see. We could have some mixed-up grids in the coming weeks and in the coming races. In terms of the championship, then, there's only eight points separating Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen in Hamilton's favour. Is there a favourite? Or is it just too close to call with half of the season to go? You put me on the spot there. I, I genuinely don't know. I don't think there is. I think I think Hamilton's definitely not the favourite. I think you could probably make an argument that Verstappen is, but I just think they're so closely matched and kind of, was it 2017 or 18 or both, where kind of just Hamilton... Yeah. Was under pressure from Vettel and then just yeah. came on really strongly in the second second half of the season. So there's kind of that in the in the past in history as well that he's he's got and the development. Mercedes kind of t- seems to have taken a bit of a step forward, and we don't know how 
much the teams will carry on developing the cars because obviously there's a big regulation change next year coming in and you know how much are they going to kind of comp- compromise their chances for that for this year um and yeah I, I think it's it, there's there's just so many variables and it's it's just too close to call for me um but yeah what do you think different or I, th- I think yeah i think you're right i mean we're going, to, we're going to talk about the tracks in a minute where Red Bull Mercedes will be strong, but I, I just I think it is too close to call. It's going to come down to an incident, some bad luck or good luck. It is, I mean, and there's still 11 races to go. Think about everything that's happened in the first 11 races. A lot happened. It's been an absolute classic of a season. All of that mm. could happen again, in theory, in the second half. So... It is just, it's just, no, I think it is too close to call. Like, I mean, we, we both don't like to sit on the fence usually, but I think for this, you kind of have to. I don't see, I don't think there is, I don't think I can make a strong enough case for either driver. I don't think. I mean, having said that, one driver does have to win at the end of it. So yeah. on the spot now, your gut feeling, who do you think will be, will be well, champion? I, I said for Stappen before the season, so I think I'll stick by that. <laughs> mm. I think I, I said Hamilton, I'm going to stick by that. I think it's been a lot closer than, well, not a lot, but it has been closer than, than I thought it might have been. Um, but yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with that. We don't yeah. know what Freddie would I mean, have it said. I mean, it should have been closer. We would have said Schumacher. Verstappen <laughs> should be 25 points ahead, and you know that. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not get into that. In, in terms of the tracks, though, do we, what do we see as, as Red Bull tracks? What do we see as Mercedes tracks? Or again, is it too cl- is is it too close because of the development? Because we don't know, mm-hmm. you know, because Mercedes brought upgrades to Zillstone, but we didn't really get to see it because Verstappen hasn't had two proper races. So yeah, we don't know how strong Mercedes are now. Mm. I guess I think Zandvoort is quite an interesting one because I would have said that'd be a Red Bull track, but obviously at Hungary. Um, Mercedes had taken a big step forwards there, and I think that seems to be kind of similar. Mm. So, um, yeah, that kind of, you know, we could get there, and there's like a totally new variable, I guess, something like with Turkey last year, or, you know, like high winds coming across or whatever that from the sea that we just haven't thought about. But I mean, that's quite an interesting one. Um, the Honda Power Unit kind of seems to have the edge. So, Monza. Really? I thought it was the other way around. <laughs> you think? Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe maybe with the upgrades that's changed a bit, but it kind of seemed with the with Honda bringing their engine in the earlier a year early, it kind of seemed like in the early stages of the season anyway that they um, they seem to have the edge. So who who what would you put as kind of the the Red Bull tracks? I think Red Bull tracks. I do think it's absolute. I think so. I'll quickly go through them one by one. I think Spa will be level. I don't. I think. I think it'll be pretty close. It'll come down to the drivers. Zandvoort, um, Red Bull. Um, oh, just God. to jump in on that, I can't wait for the Spa weekend and oh. the classic narrative of, oh, it's better to be in second coming <laughs> yeah. out of the source because it's happened for like the last few years and it's not like changed yeah. anything. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, yeah, just when, when you're hearing all of that, like, oh, yeah, whoever qualifies on pole is actually in the worst position, just take it with a pinch of salt because I think especially... The way we've seen that these two drives are going to be racing for the um, for the second half of the year, I think that's you know that's not going to be. I mean, if they go down to a roof side by side, 
like hold your breath. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, hold your breath. Oh god. Uh, but yeah, we'll probably talk about that next week. Zamp yeah, four, yeah. Red Bull, Monza, I think Mercedes, Sochi. I'll probably say Mercedes. I don't know, Red Bull. Yeah, Sochi, Mercedes. If they run, won all of the Russian Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's mm. right. Yeah. And I think well, what I'm going to say is after Sochi, it honestly depends on upgrades, development, mm. even momentum in a way, uh, like confidence and the championship situation. So I think, I think that's what I'm going to say for the next three or four races. But then from October onwards, like honestly, just who knows? It, it mm. is so tight and it is going to come down to the, to the drivers ultimately because there's only one or two temps at most splitting these cars, I think. So it's it's that's why we're seeing so many Verstappen Hamilton fights. It's because they are making the difference compared to, to compared to their teammates. Mm. So. And like and a good example of that is one of the Austrian races. I can't remember which, or maybe maybe both. Who knows? They don't exist as two separate races. Um, that you just saw. You know, obviously there was a, a gap between the Red Bull and um, the Mercedes there, but just the way that. Hamilton and Verstappen pulled clear of the rest of the field and, you know, left Perez and Bottas kind of um, battling with Norris, really, for the for the podium. Like, it, they are just making such a key difference in the car. And that's why, like, even though the, the um, cars are closer and the midfield's a bit closer this year, they're not normally involved in those battles because they are just making such a massive difference. You know, they are really in a yeah. league of their own. And, yeah, I think that'll... That will certainly carry on, um, but also you know how um, Perez and Bottas are very you know they've not neither of them have had ideal starts to the season or first half of the season, and Bottas is going to be coming in off the back of the Hungary wipeout yeah. um, with a grid penalty. So, and you know, his future could be announced yeah. soon as well. <laughs> so, so it really is kind of um, yeah, you just. I think that'll play a massive part as well. That it's it's really difficult to like put your finger on at the moment who's going to be in the better position and like yeah who who's going to be able to make a difference um, because we've seen so far in um, France especially how Perez was able to make the race winning difference mm. there for Red Bull. So that'll be you know again it's there's there's so many variables going in that's you know we just we've no idea how they're gonna how they're going to be playing out. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just been ding-dong from the start between Palace and Verstappen. The first four races has been banged on about, but wheel-to-wheel, which is just unheard of. Mm. So it should be pretty exciting, to say the least. Uh, Let's talk about accident damage. Now, obviously, in the last two races, Verstappen and Halton collided. Then in Hungary, there was Turn 1 Mayhem. Uh, I think Ferrari and Red Bull have talked about whether there should be some kind of compensation system or something where if someone's deemed at fault for an accident they should pay uh x amount of money to to the rival or the person they've caused the, the crash to uh i'm not a fan of it i don't think i don't think it works because i mean i mean the reason this is happening is because of because of the budget cap i should say uh is but yeah I've, i think the smaller teams have had to deal with it forever so and now, now the big teams are in their position. So I'm not for it at all. Is, is, mm. that, what you, is that what you think? 
yeah, it might be, might be quite a short discussion then because yeah, <laughs> I, I completely agree. I think it, you know, it puts a lot more pressure on the stewards' decision and, you know, they're kind of deciding marginal, um, marginal cases. And that's kind of one thing within the race where, you know, there's, well, maybe not for most fans, but, you know, there's kind of, there should be an acceptance that, you know, they can get things wrong. But within the race, if you get, like we saw at Silverstone, if they give, you know, there's there's different views as to whether they gave the right decision initially and then whether they gave the right penalty. But, you know, it, it didn't completely sing Halson because he had the chance to come through again um, and fight for the win. And, you know, then kind of adding in the fact that a team might have to pay a million pounds, you know, that's just kind of a totally different aspect to add on to the decision for them. And yeah, like you say, it's it's something, it, this is designed to equalise the gap yeah. between the big teams and the smaller teams. And like, yeah, it's something that the smaller teams have been had to, deal, had to deal with forever. And it's something that they will continue to have to deal with um, within their own budgets. And, you know, that's just, F1 is, you know, it's not, meant to be but it is kind of fundamentally a contact sport in that accidents do happen so you know I think there's maybe got to be a bit more acceptance of that and I understand why the why the teams are saying it um but I mean I I do but then I just think if a will if if George Russell in the Williams uh, causes a crash to Leclerc in the Ferrari yeah, or like that. Yeah, and Williams really gonna have to pay one million, two million pounds to Ferrari yeah. or Mercedes. He just he isn't right mm-hmm. at all. So and, yeah. and the smaller teams, I mean, the budget cap is one hundred forty-five million dollars. I think some of those teams at the back, Haas, they'll be on what hundred million maybe. And so, so mm. they're, they're on yeah. even less anyway. So I just don't, I don't see it. Mm. Do Do you think? Um... Because I think this is what Red Bull have argued or Horner's said is that um, if it if the crash is deemed to be someone else's fault, then a team should be able to make repairs outside or replacement parts outside of the budget cap. So, mm. what do you think on that? That that I think is a good point. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I think I, I would be okay with that if they did it. I, I, I would be fine if they didn't do it, but equally, if they did, I think that's a pretty Fair rule, I think. Mm. I, I'm not so sure to be honest. I kind yeah. of feel, yeah, I, I, I feel like it would just be quite difficult to police, and you'll, mm. you know, in terms of we know that teams push the boundaries on every single um, possible area, yeah. and I think it would just be quite difficult to police that they're putting the exact same parts back on, and that there's, you know, the they're reporting the right amount of damage to um, damage claim to the FAA or however they'd run it. So, yeah, I think I think it's kind of a good idea in principle, but I just think in practice it'll be difficult to keep it running the way it's intended to. Um, I mean, they do manage yeah. to do it for like after part Fermi, don't they? If they, if you have to swap mm. identical front wings and they mm. manage that, I think my my problem with it is that it makes the steward's decision more important, and it's already quite important, yeah. but that's an extra thing to have or an, or an extra consequence. I think there's already they've already got a lot. It's already an important decision to make, so I think it would make it too important, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. But I think it'll be 
Well, I, I don't think much is going to come of it, but you know, maybe it'll be on to one of the targets because maybe they will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm just thinking what my thinking. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's weird. It's weird doing this fight with one person. I'm about, I'm like half expecting Freddie to say something, but he's just obviously not here. So it'd be quite uh, weird if he did say something, really. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. When he's I'm listening, here. When he's listening, but no. <laughs> he's listening to this. Uh, yeah. Let's. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there's a couple drugs. <laughs> There's a couple drivers we wanted to speak about in a bit more detail, I guess, over, over the last few weeks, but we've not had a chance to because of all the mayhem in the last couple of races and stuff. And they are Ricardo and Perez. I think those are the two drivers that need a, the best or a good second half of the season out, out of the whole field. What, what, what do you think on that, Adam? I think they need the best. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> they needed the best Hungarian Grand Prix and obviously I think go well for either of them um, yeah I think most Sonoda's in that camp as well yeah um, Giovinazzi maybe uh, yeah I'm not so sure I, I, I think it's those three I think it's Sonoda yeah. Perez and Ricardo. Um yeah I think they kind of all need a all need a boost and you know I don't know I would put Bottas in that camp, but to be honest, it feels like he's already been decided. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. you know, they, it feels like they would announce it imminently. And even if they don't, he needs to have a really, really stellar um, second half of the season, but he can't have too stellar a second half of the season because he doesn't want to take points away from Lewis Hamilton yeah. at um, Mercedes tracks. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's quite a difficult one to kind of call, but mm, yeah, I think those three, They've all, obviously, Ricardo, it seems like he's got a multi-year contract, uh, whereas doesn't. And I don't know, does Sonoda yet? Sonoda, I don't know about. I don't think they've ever said. uh, But while we looked that up, up, uh, yeah, I'd I'd maybe hazard a guess that he doesn't. Mm. um, They've talked about Vips and Lawson a lot, haven't they? Yeah, or at least if he. If he does, then there's no. I'd imagine there'll be a fair few loopholes that they can kind of do to cut it early. I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say Perez. I don't think he needs to really shine. I just think he has to do the minimum. I guess like he doesn't have to do loads. Well, yeah, he just has to do. He has to do more races of what he did in France, what he did in Baku, like being within a pit stop of Verstappen. Which, yeah. and I think if he can do that. That's fine. So if he's within 15, 20 seconds for most, most of the race, if he's on the second row of the grid or higher, I think that is more than good enough for Red Bull for next year and for the rest of the season. Because, mm. again, it's kind of um, comparing it to what's happened previously, you know, that would be a big improvement on um, Albert and Gasly in the, in the car. So, yeah, I think... I think likewise. I don't know. Um, I don't know whether there'll be kind of any um, talk within Red Bull of putting Gasly in the seat because he bombed so badly mm. last time, but he has come back from that. So I guess Gasly's is probably main competition for the seat, would you say? Unless they're looking at Bottas. I think it, yeah, I think it has to be. I don't. Bottas would be pretty mad if he went to Red. That would be pretty crazy. I, I think it would be Gasly. Though. 
I can, I, I can genuinely, I, I don't I think the biggest um, barrier to it would be whether they just think Paris is better and knows the yeah. car. So what's the point in changing? But I think if they evaluated him as being the best driver for the seat, I don't really see a reason for it not happening. Like, you know, he's not. I don't think Mercedes would let him go to Red Bull, though. But they can't stop him, can they? Like they they're cutting his well they're not cutting his contract but they're not renewing his contract so he goes on the market as a free yeah. agent so I don't I don't kind of see you know that obviously they wouldn't like it but I don't think there's any way I don't think there's anything they can do about it and he's you know he he's kind of not you know it doesn't feel like this didn't feel like he's leaving Mercedes with a kind of really um, you know his his heart's really with Mercedes going forwards. It's like he's been there for for five years and then he's going to move on. And then that's it. It kind of, you know, it doesn't really feel like he's going to have a massive affiliation to Mercedes mm. after yeah. after this. So I kind of, I think that'd be a curveball. But equally, I don't know whether, like, would he take him over Perez? I don't really know. I would, you know. I would, just because he's been at Mercedes and he might be, mm. be able to yeah. bring something that Red Bull don't know about. Um, yeah, and I think I, I'd probably have Bottas over Perez if we're just looking at driver quality. I, I'd, mm. I'd just just about have Bottas. Mm. Well, I mean that but, would be a shock yeah. to me. <laughs> that would be pretty there, mad. There's also the aspect of kind of totally new regulations coming in, so yeah. there's not so much of the aspect of like Perez is bedded into the car because it will be a totally different mm. car that they'll all have to get used to next season anyway. So I think that's kind of one less barrier to it I I think Perez would kind of have to have an album second half of the season yeah. to lose the seat to be honest I think even if he carries on which is not a good thing we should be clear <laughs> no no um, I think even if he carries on at the level he's been so far I think he'd still keep it to be honest um, okay. but on the flip side he needs to improve and it's kind of he needs to be or, you know, even if he's at the if he's at the level he was at the start of this season, I think that'd be that'd be pretty decent to be honest. Yeah. Um, but he did kind of seem to tail off a fair bit. So, yeah, it's just kind of whether he can come back, whether he can come back from that after the summer break and on, you know, a um, home track for Red Bull. Mm. That it'll be interesting to see. But mm, I, I mean, yeah, even Hungary, he started fourth, didn't he? And who knows mm. what what would have happened in the race for him? And I think. I think he does only need one one or two Baku or France style races where he makes a difference. And I think that will be enough. Yeah, definitely. So which is not mm. which is not, you know, we're not asking for a lot, I guess, compared to other drivers. Um, well, we're, we're not kind of asking him directly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, that'd be good. Um yeah, I think Ricardo's in a lot of trouble, to be honest. Yes. I mean, yeah, we said it before. I I, I think the 2020, 2022 rules will save him somewhat because I, I, mm-hmm. if that wasn't in place, then I don't see how McLaren can yeah. continue with him. And if it was any other, or not any other, if it was, you know, half of the, if it was someone else on the grid who wasn't a, who wasn't a top driver, then, you know, I think he'd be, Gone already. Well, not gone already, but he's announced he'll be leaving the team yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah, been so bad. Mm. Yeah, I think that's it. If he goes, if he goes to another team for next season, and then he's back to his like even his Renault level last year, then McLaren are going to be looking pretty silly. But 
um, I mean, there's also kind of the question of who they replace him with. And I don't think there's kind of many candidates jumping out. I guess Bottas would be another one there. Or Perez. Um, but Reese, they could do like Mercedes might mm. play what to place McLaren or something. Yeah. <laughs> for the world champion. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a turn up. <laughs> I think the Reese has got a good shot at Williams. I'll, I'll yeah, well, yeah, in for George Russell. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be nice. I'd like to see that. I think it kind of there'd be quite a lot of pressure for him coming in. But hey, you know we'll we'll see. But mm, what's the team that you're kind of most interested in um, following, or you know, kind of in terms of driver? Where do you think? Yeah, who's the kind of the is driver the, market? Yeah, yeah. Uh, ooh. Alfa Romeo, I think, because I think they can change their entire mm-hmm. lineup. I think that, that to be honest, I think I think Red Bull will stay with the, the driver lineup. I think Alfa Tauri will as well. I think it's just about Williams and Alfa Romeo for me. I don't see any other changes personally. Yeah, and Alfa Romeo, there's like probably list off about four or five drivers that could be coming in to that seat as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be that's a good chat. I kind of forgotten about them, which is easy because they're quite. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll be. Yeah, I'm kind of. Obviously, it's at the back of the grid, so it's not like such a big, such a big thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully, there'll kind of be some action there. Oh, please don't stay. Like, <laughs> I I like Raikkonen and Giovinazzi as people, but like, just come on. It feels a bit like they're where Haas were a few years ago, just like sticking yeah, with, okay, yeah. you know, a kind of mediocre. Maybe that's quite, maybe that's a bit harsh, but average. No, yeah, average and exciting lineup that kind of, you know, that no one really wants them to stick with. Everyone wants to see, you know, kind of other drivers get, get a shot there. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good shout, actually. I've not thought about that, but. Yeah, I have to. Well, what, what do you think? Do you think other than Alpha and, and Williams, do you think there might be changes at Alpha Tauri or Red Bull or somewhere else? Mm, I think probably Red Bull. Red Bull's the one to watch. I can't mm. really see a change at McLaren for the reasons we've no. mentioned, but I think just psychologically, it's going to be obviously there are new regulations coming in, but just psychologically, if Ricardo continues the way he has this year, that's going to be really like tough for him to then come back yeah. next year and reset. Um, obviously, there's Mercedes isn't really... It's not kind of one... I guess it's one to watch, but there's just... We know there's going to be an announcement. It's going to be one driver or the other, yeah. and that's it. So, you know, I think... I, I, well, I think there will be a change at Mercedes and then obviously Williams. Um, and then... I don't see a change at AlphaTauri, actually. Yeah. Um, Alonso's not... Alonso's on a one plus one contract, so he just has to activate it. And I'm pretty sure Alpine yeah, will. They'd be, so, they'd be silly not to do that. Yeah. Um, it's science. Science is two years, isn't he? So, yeah, Ferrari's locked in. Yeah. 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 So that's all sorted. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, it's think, a pretty quiet, silly season hmm. compared to previous years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm Haas, it seems pretty. I think Freddie wrote a WTF1 article about that. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't think Schumacher's seat is certain, but they have yeah. said if if they don't take Schumacher, which I think they will, but if they don't, yeah. they will, they'll have to choose a Ferrari junior driver, so it'll yeah. be Schwartzman 
Armstrong, Pilot, or Arthur Leclerc. But I don't, I don't <laughs> think Arthur Leclerc is going to... But I, I think Schumacher will, will stay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. So I think that's kind of it. Like you say, it's quite quite a muted um, city season, but I think kind of Red Bull... Red Bull and Alpha, by extension, Alpha Tauri are the ones where kind of the most fireworks might happen or the most curveballs might happen. You know, I don't see Mercedes taking De Vries or Ocon or someone. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, there is there is the possibility that they drop Sonoda and bring in someone, you yeah, know, say possibly. Liam Lawson. I think that'd be a bit rash. I think that'd be a season too soon. But I think, you know, there's, there's maybe the possibility there are obviously Perez. It's really all about Perez's performances. Like yeah. we can't really we can't really say now. Um, but it's fun to think about it. So that's why we are saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, Perez, do you yeah, do you expect him to perform or, or do you think he will go, he will lose his confidence, or is he too experienced? Or or, or does experience or does experience not matter in this case? As we see as we've seen with with Ricardo at McLaren. I think it's a different experience because he's not got experience of this situation bar 10 years ago at McLaren so it's yeah it, it's quite I think there's that kind of mental toughness that he's built up over um, you know his team folding and then, and then being reborn and then losing his seat at um, Racing Point last year so I think there is kind of you know he, he's got it within him definitely um, it's just kind of whether how that comes off I I, I think he will. I, I can't see him kind of the wheels coming off in the same way. Um, it did it um, with Albon or quite literally at Hungary. So, um, yeah, we'll just... I, yeah, if, you, if you're pissing on the spot, I think he will be there next year. Do you? Yeah, I, th- I think he will. I, I, I don't... I, I, think he's, I think he's the right type of driver for Red Bull. And, I mean, yeah, I'd... I, I still think he's performing better than Gasly and, and Albon did as well. And I don't I think mm-hmm. he would have to have a disastrous second half. Yeah. I don't think it'll happen. I think he'll be just about all right. Uh, mm. I think you know, I think it, Bottas is the only curveball really for me that I can see. Mm. I can't see Gasly coming in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's let's quickly talk well, since we're talking about the silly season, we'll we could talk a bit about F two. An F3 since we'll be talking about the Belgian Grand Prix next week, myself and Adam. Uh, he has been, I, I would, from a personal point of view, I've not paid as much attention to it, I've got to be honest, this year because of the calendar, because of the format, which I banged on about uh, last year when it was announced. I Did they having... listen to you? No, they didn't. <laughs> I had a five, four, five minute rant about it, and it, yeah, it's pretty much what I. I expected, uh, but there is a season happening. Do you think, in terms of the driver market, any of the F2 drivers will be in F1 next year? It's difficult I mean, because Piastri is there, and there's the if if you win F2, then you ha- you can't compete in the next season, can you? No, that's right. Yeah, that's still the case. So yeah. it's it's a really difficult situation for someone like Piastri because I don't know he he kind of seemed the the star driver this mm. year so I don't know whether they'd like consider changing the rules for him or what but I mean they a, didn't for De Vries did he he had, he, no, he had to go to Fornree didn't he 
Mm. No, but I guess that was different because Piastri is a rookie in it. Mm. I don't know. It, it seems like a different aspect of it. Um, but I, but equally, like, what can he do? Because he's an Alpine junior and they've, you know, as we've said, they've got their kind of driver team locked in seemingly if they do pick up Alonso's extension. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit, I think, you know, it might be in a situation where he doesn't want to win. You can't <laughs> win in a second to, um, to keep in there. Um, so, yeah, but I think he, I've actually forgotten the initial. Oh, yeah. Um, do I see anyone stepping? I guess Schwartzman is the highest place Ferrari driver so far. It's the mm. only other one that I can maybe see coming into Alfa Romeo. Um, I think those, those two is it really, and less Red Bull go on a, go on a mad one. Yeah. Think, yeah. And I, I think <laughs> the problem is if if something is going to be announced for Joe or Piastri or Schwartzman or uh, Lawson or, or, or whoever, uh, the season finishes in December, doesn't it, again? Yeah. And I think the teams would like... It's, it's not ideal for a team to not know or for a driver to not know their future uh, that late on. So I don't... I, I think the calendar doesn't help because... I can't quite remember the calendar, but I think the final four races are both are all in December, the t- final two rounds, sorry, which is yeah. the case, yeah, Jeddah and, and Abu Dhabi. <clears throat> so I think that, that's a problem as well, because every four races, anything can happen, just like we saw last year in F2. And mm. Sonoda was announced very, very late as well, but that was a different situation to, to this year. So I think that plays yeah. against those drivers as well. Mm. Yeah, I think... Yeah, that it's it's just and you know it's in general. I don't know kind of whether we we'll talk about the um, weekend setup in length, but I think both of us don't. I mean, like I just it. had to look at the gap after September, and it's made me uh, laugh. There's a three month gap. <laughs> I'm kind of with um, through writing an F1 feeder series. I've kind of had been doing a couple of um, driver interviews. I did one with Matteo Nanini, which is out actually. So yeah, yeah, um, but. You know, he said, and Zacho Sullivan said the same when I interviewed him that it's you know they're not on board with it. The drivers don't like this this format, and it's you know it's that massive gap is just like another problem with it. And like you said at the start, of not been following it as closely because it is difficult to follow as closely because the three races and then like two months cap. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think I think that'll make it that'll make it difficult. I guess with Alfa Romeo. Um, they can either, if Ferrari are wanting Schwartzman in, then they can either, you know, they can just kind of leave Giovinazzi hanging because I don't think he's got any other options really other than no. outside F1. So that's probably one that they can leave hanging. Um, same with maybe Red Bull and um, Sonoda. But I think outside of the academy drivers, then it's quite, you know, it's, it's kind of quite difficult because you just can't put, you can't, announced Piastri as replacing Alonso, say, which is, yeah. I guess, the, the only other thing that would happen unless, um, you know, until until you're at probably Jeddah. So, mm. yeah, it's it's a difficult situation. And I don't know, it, I guess that was kind of lost a bit in the general talk about how bad the um, regs, um, not the regs, the, the calendar was. But, yeah. yeah, I think it's not it's not helping anyone. And, yeah, I'd say Schwartzman a insert Red Bull junior driver here are the only two that I can kind of see see happening really. Yeah. And I think Schwartzman 
he's the driver. And Joe, actually. Dave beat an F2 for, uh, well, Schwartzman's two years. Joe is three or four years now, isn't it? So they are the ones who need to win the championship and probably not dominate, but they need to have quite a few wins if to, to really showcase their, their talent, which they do have. But I don't think they've quite shown it enough, personally. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I would choose them for an F1 seat, but that's just, that's, that's just me being harsh <laughs> to, to uh, junior drivers. No, I, I agree. I don't think I don't think they've shown enough. Um, I mean, yeah, go on. Oh no, I was I was going to go off on a tangent. So yeah, I, I, I was as well. I was going to say a driver who has performed is is in F three is is Dennis Halger, another Red Bull junior driver, been outstanding this year. So Red Bull churned it out another great young driver. They managed managed to do it every year somehow. He's leading the championship by I think it's like sixty three points or something like that. So he's absolutely smashing it. Uh, is Halger. So I'd fully expect him to, to expect him to step into F two next year. Mm. Yeah, and he was one. It's a bit of a story for for him because he really lit it up in Formula Four in ADAC and Italian. He finished second and first in those in twenty nineteen. Um, then he came into um, F three last year with high tech and was a real disappointment. Like I thought mm. he'd have been so much better than that and. He wasn't so yeah he's kind of switched to premier this year and he's killing it um so yeah kind of yeah i agree i think he's one that um that has really performed and you'd expect to see in f2 next year just on f2 quickly taylor Porcher as well as um, yes build all of his prophecies um and he's looking very good and can't wait to kind of see what more he can do although he's in the salver academy which is a bit of a strange one so i don't mm. know kind of where you know how they'll be managing that but you know he's he's not in the position where he's in danger of winning and being barred from the championship next year so he's in quite a nice position i think yeah um, it could be i mean i think i predicted him and bottas if i remember when we were talking about alpha last month or yeah. something like that uh, yeah but that'd be exciting i think yeah you said it's something that'd be exciting but yeah um i think other than that there's not been kind of too many standouts from f3 Agreed. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't think the rest of the grid will make it to F one. I'm pretty, yeah. pretty confident of that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd say the unless same. they do what Hauger's doing next year in F three, or if any of them step up to F two, even mm. then, you know, you, you have to do it. If not your first year, then you do have to do it. Performing your second year in the championship mm. to to get to F one really these days. I think. Yeah. Vesti could be one. I know he's kind of not performed. I thought he'd. Um, oh, did he win Formula Renault Euro Cup? He won, he won one of the kind of European regional um, yeah. championships before coming into F3 last year and hasn't kind of really hit the height that I'd expected of him. Um, but he is a Mercedes junior. So if they're bringing up Russell, to the main seat, I don't know whether they'll look at bringing Vesti up to F2 to kind of, you know, look at that and kind of evaluate him there. And, you know, there is a lot of mediocre talent on the F2 grid as well. Like, you know, we're, we're talking about the the drivers leading the championship, but there's also at the bottom yeah. end, there are, there are kind of a lot of money drives that, you know, can be, can be turned around. So I think, you know, that 
I think there'll be drivers, there'll be multiple drivers that go up to um, to F2 last um, next year, but it's kind of, if you're not performing, if you're not winning in F3, it's kind of, you know, or challenging for wins in F3, then where are you going to be when you get to F2? Because it's just, it just yeah. gets more competitive. So, you know, that's just kind of fundamentally how, how racing, you know, junior racing is that you step up and, You've really got to be the best of the best to kind of make it to be the best of the best in, yeah. in F1. So it's just like football yeah. with League One Championship and the Premier League. Mm. If you know, that's why only well, obviously, there's the promotion system, but then you see mm. when they do get to the Premier League, they're often battling to stay up the next year. It's exactly it's a similar thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I completely agree with that. So, but you know, it, it's it's definitely one to watch and we'll see see how it all goes but and you know as the wider point it's it's the same with the um same with the f3 it's, it's just difficult to follow and um what nani said it isn't feels like you know it's like there's different driver on pole every every race there's different driver leading every race like you know it's just yeah it's it's just like made it a lot more difficult to follow but on the flip side i guess it shows how good Halger is that he's you know managed to rise above that and dominate because he's got about a 60 point lead which is yeah. not not a bad. So yeah, definitely. Uh, we've talked about loads of topics today, yeah. me and Adam. Uh, been brilliant. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about, or shall we leave it till next week? Um, no, I think I've I've exhausted all of my F one <laughs> and F two and F three um, chat for this week. But yeah, we'll be back next week with a spa preview. Yeah, and yeah, looking forward to the second half of the season getting underway. Absolutely. So my thanks to Adam. My thanks to Adam. <laughs> we'll see you. My thanks to Michael as well. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Adam. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.